I'm Seema, recovering anorexic, bulimic, compulsive eater, and chronic relapser, formerly. Formerly. Um, well, I guess the big thing that fits in with this meeting is I was a chronic relapser. I never got more. I started OA in 1974, my first meeting, left because I didn't make it past breakfast with the food plan. And then came out to San Francisco, pulled a geographic, and thought, if I move to California, I will, or anywhere, I will be able to stop binging and throwing up, which was my main thing and anorexia. But um, So I made it out to California and didn't binge or purge for a month on the trip. And then I started as soon as I got here. Um, so I've been in OA for quite a while. Um, what it was like. I started my eating disorders um, with a real purpose in when I went to college at age 18 and I wanted to be skinny. I wanted to be very skinny and very skinny was very popular in those days because of Twiggy. Um, so I became very skinny. I lost 40 pounds. I was 120 to start and I became 180. I became 80 pounds and I it didn't work, but it worked for me. It didn't work for anybody else. People were horrified. And I was hungry all the time, but I was in denial about that. And I was totally miserable, totally miserable. Um, I found it hard to connect with people, which was true before. I didn't come from a great family and a great background and then suddenly became horrible because of this eating disorder. I came from a very dysfunctional family, a lot of trauma, um, very hard to connect and becoming very skinny I thought would make me popular but in fact it, it pulled me further inside and anything I did outside to connect with people was kind of fake. I recovered from the, sort of recovered from the anorexia by becoming bulimic which in those days, um, nobody knew what to call it. It wasn't, the name wasn't invented, but I started binging like a trooper and throwing up. And I would do that from seven in the morning until about midnight. And then I'd go to sleep exhausted. And then I'd wake up in the morning determined to start on a diet. And the next thing I knew it was 12 o'clock midnight and I had been throwing up all day. Needless to say, it was a really miserable existence. Um, and whatever was going on in my mind about telling me I was happy or I needed to do this or to do that, my mind was a complete mess and couldn't be counted on for any orientation in reality other than where to get my food and where was the bathroom that I could throw up in. So um, I got into, oh, fast forward, I moved out to Buffalo. I was still binging and purging my brains out. I had stopped being anorexic. Um, and I started in 1977 in OA at an OA meeting um, where the speaker was a cowboy from Montana. Big guy, big 10-gallon hat, cowboy boots, the works. And I thought, what is he doing here? And he told a story. And I was in tears from what he was saying because I was thinking, it doesn't matter what we look like, that guy is speaking my feelings, not telling my story because mine was very different, but he's speaking my feelings. So I continued to come to OA for another year and a half until my sponsor told me I had to give up peanut butter. 
So as crazy as we all are in this program, I was willing to give up the hope, any hope I've had for a real life um, in favor of telling my sponsor to go fuck herself. And I wasn't giving up peanut butter. Um, I was back six months later because even though I didn't want to give up peanut butter, there is no other house on the block, folks. No other house on the block. Right. I mean, we've tried all sorts of things. I tried eating disorder programs. They still didn't know about bulimia in those days. But nothing worked. So I kind of thought that I was kind of stuck. I had a little tiny bit of hope, enough to get me here. And I could never stay abstinent. Never. That was the big thing. Gray sheet and blue sheet were our food plans. If those of you who've been around for a while remember that. Strict food plans, kind of diet-like but they were accompanied by a spiritual program, which was supposed to help us stay on them. Um, and I was fortunate. I stayed in the program long enough to realize that there were alternatives because sometime in the eighties, a group of people got together and said, okay, thanks. We have to do something. This isn't working. And they formulated the relapse and recovery idea here in, in the meetings. And they started having like a couple of relapse and recovery meetings. And I went to one of them and I didn't, didn't come back. But what was amazing to me was there was a woman there who had come in when I had come in and she had gained 70 pounds. She had been really skinny. She gained 70 pounds and she didn't look unhappy. And there were people in the meeting who had been at other meetings I'd seen and they weren't skinny anymore and they looked okay. So I left thinking about it. Um, so fast forward again, I had a hysterectomy in 1992. It was an opportunity to restrict my food. Um, I restricted my food as long as I could. And I came out of the restricting my food when I started being bulimic again. The day after they told me my stitches were fine and healed, I started throwing up. And by that time, I really, really thought that if I had been able to commit suicide, I would have done it then because I thought there was absolutely no, it was despair. That's what they say. The despair got me here and kept me here. I saw no way out. Um, and I can say today, I am so glad I didn't kill myself. I'm so glad that I stuck with the program because I don't throw up. I don't restrict my food. I have a food plan I can live with. I go to lots of meetings. I work the steps to the best of my ability, which some people would call pretty lame. The best of my ability is to go to step meetings at this point. I don't have a sponsor yet. Um, but I'm not glued to the food. I'm not glued to not eating or to throwing up. And I have some peace of mind and I even feel happy. Um, and that took a lot of work. That took a lot of work. I started going to what the relapse and recovery meetings that, that existed over at um, St. Luke's Hospital in Mission. And I just kept praying that something would work. I was also afraid of people. This no contact, not able to make contact that I came in with didn't change very quickly. But over time, I realized the only way that I could get what other people have was to connect with other people. Um, and that almost got me out of the program a couple of times, but I did it by degrees, started looking down, started looking at people in the face and then started talking to people, got a sponsor, several sponsors in a row and fired them. 
because I was afraid to work the steps. I thought it was ridiculous. I sure it wasn't work, wouldn't work for me, but everybody said it would work. So I f- worked things out over the years so that I had a couple of sponsors who really went deep with me and I could stay with because I was desperate. Um, yes. And then there was that hysterectomy, which totally threw me for a loop. And ever since the hysterectomy, things have gone slowly uphill, up and downhill, I guess I should say. It's been a roller coaster, but the progress has been, there was always progress. As long as I came back, I was somewhere where I was safe, even if I didn't know it. And, um... And I started telling the truth, which has never been easy for me. For me, the only way to survive in the world was Seema was here and Seema, the Seema who people saw, who I let people see was over here. And it was like somebody, some author, I don't know who it was, I don't remember who it was, but some famous author said, Mr. So-and-so lived at a short distance from his body. That was me. But lying got me back into the food, always. And telling the truth was too scary until I started doing it a little at a time. And so here I am, it's in 1992, however many years that is since my hysterectomy. I've been in an eating disorder program. I went to see nutritionists, that worked. The eating disorder program did not. Um, And I came back here with a vengeance. For me, a vengeance meant two meetings a week that I committed to um, and tried three. But since then, it's not come to as many meetings now as I can because it's so easy for me to go into isolation. And this is a meeting, this is a program of connection. Um, I don't relate to the concept of a higher power of God because to me, higher power and God, the way it's discussed in the program, always means something outside of myself that will tell me what to do. I don't care what it is, but connection in the program with other people, connection with my dog who keeps me from throwing up by crying every time I walk into the bathroom, um, things like connection with other people in this program has kept me sober. Another five minutes. Thank you. Has kept me sober. So I work the steps right now by going to step study meetings. Um, I'm looking for a sponsor. Um... I am trying to be more open-minded about God because I don't know what God is, so it could be just what I'm looking for. Who knows? But connection, connection and love between people, connection and love for myself, compassion for myself. Somebody in this meeting um, talked about a power greater than her fear. And to tell you the truth, that has done me a lot of good because I never thought of myself as being afraid. (laughs) And denial is not a river in Egypt. I have been so afraid of people, places, things, and the truth that I didn't even know it. And here I am today. My abstinence is not throwing up no matter what. I've had to be flexible about my food plan because, for me, a food plan is something that has to work where I'm at. Um, And for me to say, you can never have this again, you can never have that again, works for a lot of people. And I pray, pray, pray that it would work for me, but it does not. Having been anorexic, any of that stuff throws me right into the food. However, I do have a list of foods that I know if I eat them, I will go off and be crazy. So I don't eat them, but I never tell myself, you cannot eat that. 
Um, and as long as I don't throw up, I'm abstinent. And now I'm not so interested in those foods. And I'm not so interested in overeating because when I do, I feel good for about two minutes because the food tastes good. And then I feel like I'm standing at the edge of an abyss. And if I go any further, I'll fall in. So I go to a meeting or I, oh, I know what I want to say. As much as I believe or don't believe, whatever I believe about a higher power, recently the step two became one of my favorite steps. A power greater than myself will restore me to sanity. To me, that step brings me hope. It never did before. I never had that feeling about it. I was willing, I'm willing to think of a power greater than myself as long as it doesn't have to be a specific, distinct thing. And the fact that it will bring me to sanity has really been all I ever wanted. I wanted to be sane. I wanted to be able to connect with people. I wanted to be able to tell the truth to people so they would know who I really was. Um, which is the only way to really have intimacy or real connection with people. Um, I try not to lie about who I am anymore. Um, I do 10 steps every day. I don't write them down. I do them in my mind. And I actually, for the most part, have a pretty good mind. And then there's the addiction, which is my mind can be a bad neighborhood, but not all of it. It's not only a bad neighborhood. Um, and I keep praying to be teachable because... Maybe I will believe in God someday, or maybe I won't have to use the God. Won't, the word God won't make me go, Ugh. but I think that what I believe in, whatever it is, is the same as God. It's just a different version. And that's what I'm working toward is to be open-minded enough to realize that anybody, all higher powers, it's all God. It's just a different version for everybody. And it doesn't have to scare me anymore. So... To round up, I would say that the miracles for me have been that I get up, I eat every day, I don't throw up, and I don't overeat for the most part. If I do overeat, I pray, I call friends, and I just don't overeat anymore for that day, and I don't throw up no matter what, and I don't overeat very often. The other miracle is that I have friends and program. I have people I love, people I connect with on a regular basis, and I'm glad to see many of you are here. Um, and that that's okay. That that's for me the most one of the most important things in the world is that I can connect with you all and love you all, and that I am learning to treat myself with self-love. Um without which none of this would work. And it's not been easy. Not been easy. I grew up, I was taught to hate myself, but I don't hate myself. Um, but I can't quite say I love myself very much, but I like myself a lot. And that's, that'll do for now. Um, but I love a lot of you and I love you a lot. And so if I can love you, then I can learn to love myself, which the program also says. Um, let us love you until you learn to love yourself. That's not easy for anybody in this program as far as I know. So I would say that's it for me. It's a miracle that I'm alive today. I'm 71 years old. <laughs> and I never thought I'd make it past 50. Um, and I never thought I'd make it sane. And I feel like a sane person today. Eccentric maybe, but sane. And it's all fine. Thank you so much. <laughs>